with our scripture today from Psalm chapter 30. Please listen for a word from God. I will extol you, O Lord, for you have drawn me up and did not let my foes rejoice over me. O Lord, my God, I cry to you for help and you have healed me. O Lord, you brought my, up my soul from Sheol restored me to life from among those gone down to the pit. Sing praises to the Lord, O you, his faithful ones, and give thanks to his holy name. For his anger is but for a moment, his favor is for a lifetime. Weeping may linger for the night, but joy comes with the morning. As for me, I said in my prosperity, I shall never be moved. By your favor, O Lord, you have established me as a strong mountain. But you hid your face, I was dismayed. To you, O Lord, I cried out, and to the Lord I made supplications. What profit is there in my death if I go down to the pit? Will the dust praise you? Will it tell of your faithfulness? Hear, O Lord, and be gracious to me. O Lord, be my helper. You have turned my mourning into dancing. You have taken off my sackcloth and clothed me with joy, so that my soul may praise you and not be silent. O Lord, my God, I will give thanks to you forever. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Lord God, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be pleasing in your sight, our beautiful, loving God. Amen. The psalmist in this passage knows grief, knows what it means to fall further than you thought possible, knows how it feels to be experiencing chaos in their culture, knows that deep feeling of separation from grace. They know what it's like to feel like, like life is good, like nothing can shake you, only to be knocked from that perch to a depth you didn't know existed. The psalmist has written this psalm after the fact, after the difficult time has gone through, after the great trial, after they have gone down to the depths of despair, after they underwent hardships. And it's on the other side that they acknowledge. They acknowledge that they now know God more intimately. But let's be honest, it's a lot easier to look back on a difficult time and to know God was there once it has ended. Once we are out of that pit of despair, once we have arrived on the other side of the valley, it's not difficult to see the footprints in the sand walking alongside us, carrying us. It's easy to see those when we're on a lawn chair on the other side of the beach. But to be in the pit, when darkness abounds, it's difficult to see anyone is with you. When you're faced with a crushing anxiety, when you are hurt deeply from a relationship when you feel a heavy weight at not being able to hug your friends, 
when you cry realizing the deep racial pains in our country, when your whole community is hurting, when you or a family member are fighting for their life from sickness. It's in these moments that we cry out, where are you, God? Or if we're too afraid to cry out, too afraid of God's presence, too afraid of God's answer, then we stay silent, trying to grasp at our own bootstraps to pull us out of the pit, only to trip and fall deeper in. It's in these, prof- these places of profound grief where finding hope becomes very difficult. Perhaps few people in our nation's history knew grief like the solemn President Lincoln. Being president in the middle of the Civil War, a time when a country was being torn apart, when that great weight of slavery, of war, of families being divided, of politics being divisive, of our country being divided. In the midst of leading in all this, Lincoln's life became infinitely worse when his beloved 11-year-old boy died of typhoid fever. Lincoln, so distraught by grief one evening, entered the crypt where his boy Willie laid and lovingly held him and wept. George Saunders, a celebrated author, couldn't get this image out of his mind. And so he wrote a book called Lincoln and the Bardo. It's a fictional book. Now, if you don't know what the Bardo is, the Bardo is this Tibetan idea similar to purgatory. It's where you go after death, where you need to work through some things before you can pass through to the afterlife. In Saunders' book, Everyone is existing in the bardo. And in the bardo, your greatest attributes are magnified, be that anxiety, fear, lust. And so there's these spirits who are struggling with all these things. They cannot pass into the afterlife because they don't even realize they're dead. So consumed are they with their issues. When Lincoln's son, Willie, arrives in the bardo, they do their best to guide him, but the reality is they don't really know where they're going themselves. But then one evening, as the spirits sit in the rafters of the crypt, they watch Lincoln enter the room. They watch him approach his boy's body. And they watch as in profound grief, he tenderly holds his boy weeping with the love only a parent can give. And they have this to say in response. They say, to be touched so lovingly, so fondly, it's as if we were healthy again. It's as if we were worthy of affection and respect. So this is cheering. This gives us hope. We were perhaps not so unlovable as we once thought we were. I love this image. I love it because I think when we're in the pit, in the pit of a struggling relationship with a child, the pit of economic insecurity, the pit of realizing our own biases and how that's hurt others, the pit of receiving injustices outside our control, the pit of insecurities and anxiety, the pit of depression, 
when we fall into these pits, when we voluntarily dig ourselves in these pits, I think there's this image and this reality that God is tenderly holding us, weeping as we lay there lifeless, unable to pull ourselves out. And it's oftentimes in these moments that we do not see God and we do not feel God. We only feel alone. But when we come out the other side, when we experience rescue and redemption, we look back at the places we were and we see the places that God stood next to us. We feel where God held us. We cannot help but proclaim along with the psalmist saying, I will praise you, God, for you have drawn me up. When I cried to you for help, you have healed me. O Lord, you have brought my soul up from the pit and restored me to life. When we stop to think about the new life that we have been granted, that we are living in, when we stop to think where God was when we were in pain, we find God holding us tenderly, crying for our hurt, and then carrying us out. And when we understand that part of our own story, we realize that it's our obligation to share that good news. The good news of God's faithfulness, of God's faithfulness to us in our darkest valleys. How God has loved us even when we were doing some pretty rotten things. That God wept when we wept, and God carried us when we couldn't walk. And we share these stories just as the psalmist shared her experience. We give ourselves and we give others hope. Hope in a God who shows up. Hope in a God who loves everyone. Hope in a God who hurts when we hurt. Sharing our stories of God's presence in the darkness gives us words to articulate God's faithfulness. And when we do that, we're more likely to remember God next time we fall in the pit. Because I'm here to tell you, you're going to fall in the pit again. You're going to fall in it or you're going to voluntarily jump in. Because that's just what we do as humans. Sometimes we pick destruction over life. Sin over life, pain over joy. But when we have told, when we have told stories of God's faithfulness, when we have heard stories of God's faithfulness, the next time we're in that pit, our eyes see a little bit better. Our eyes adjust to the darkness, and we start to be able to make out the outline of Jesus sitting there of Jesus Christ who knows pain, pain on the cross. And we start to feel the presence of the Holy Spirit, the great comforter, the great lover. When we tell our stories, when we tell our stories because we do not know where other people are in life. They may look like things are going well, but in their inner soul, they are nothing but dark, see nothing but darkness and fear. When we tell of God holding our bodies in the crypt, softly crying over us, loving us in deep grief and pain, 
we, others, our community, I think we start to wonder like the spirits and Lincoln and the Bardo. We start to wonder if we are touched so lovingly by God, is it possible that I am still worthy of affection and respect? Hearing of God's love, that is cheering and that gives us hope. Hope which makes us start to realize that perhaps we are not as unlovable as we once thought we were. Church, do not hide or be ashamed of your past, of your past pain, of your past doubt. But take time to think on God's radical tenderness in the pits and tell that goodness to others. Tell them who God is and then emulate. Emulate that radical tenderness of what it means to enter the pit with someone, to sit with them and to cry. Church, a lot of people are hurting right now. I know many of you are as well. So as the community of God, let us reach out this week. Call someone we haven't heard from in a while and share a story of God's faithfulness. Or maybe you're not quite there where you can share God's faithfulness. Maybe you just need to take time this week and look at your past and look at some of the pain and look for where God was in that pain. Whether that be holding you, carrying you, or sitting alongside you, crying as well. For when we share these stories, when we find these stories in ourselves, we bring the hope into the world, the hope of rescue, the hope of a beautiful, loving, comforting God into a deeply hurting world. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank <laughs> you.